We're back, baby. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Den Excelsior, the mostly Marvel podcast. This is the week of what is the week of November? I was gonna say December, November 10th, uh, 2023. Uh, we're talking about Loki, Loki finale. Loki, I guess the last two episodes of Loki because we took a week off. Yeah, we took a week off. You went on a vacation, and mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, I don't want to talk about this episode just by itself. It's not, I'd rather build up the last two. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of yeah. like a work trip, kind of, right? I, I went to New York. I saw where uh, a lot of Marvel characters kicked ass. So that was cool. Was it a work trip? No, it wasn't work. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, Do you have fun? I had a lot of fun. New York is a very beautiful city, a uh, very big city. Um, Definitely a place that I want to go back to again, and definitely some a place where I'll recommend people to go. Um, it's a lot cleaner of a city than I, I, I expected. I don't know if I lucked out, but I was just amazed like how clean everything was in retrospect. Um, and yeah, it was cool. We, you know, I did all the, all the major sites, but it was nice. We did a lot of walking. We did about eight miles a day in and around the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so aside from the big touristy points, it was really cool to like walk past little nooks and crannies of the city that. Oh, yeah, that's where Spider-Man did this thing. This is where Hawkeye had a mental breakdown. This is where uh, Kamala looked over the water. And it was it was cool. It was really cool to just to have those little nuggets in my in the back of my mind as we as we walked through everything. Was the um, was the ice rink at 30 Rock already? It was. They're all Christmas up already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, because I know I know they they, the tree gets unveiled on like on uh, I think on uh, Thanksgiving Day. There's definitely a tree there. But There's a lot covered, of trees. Right? It's covered. I don't think like it was the, covered. The tree is huge. Oh. It's it's yeah. Okay. It's fine. I know. I know. I know what you saw. Macy's looked like Thanksgiving Macy's. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> except except just wait till it's actually Thanksgiving. It's nuts. That place. Is... Um. Uh, a day later, I guess Jared Leto climbed the Empire State Building, which is kind of weird. But he climbed it. Yeah, he didn't like check the news. He like climbed this. I think he did just the top, but he he was climbing on the outside of the Empire State Building a day or two ago. What was it for a movie? I, Morpheus two coming twenty twenty four. Oh my god! Uh, you asked me, did I check the news? Uh, I'm I feel better off when I don't check the news because yeah, news is kind of rough right now. Things but, are dumb and weird. Yeah. Um, so did you get a lot of time to nerd out on anything this week? I, I, I dabbled a little. I got back uh, Wednesday and had uh, homework on Wednesday, Captain Marvel on Thursday, and Loki on Thursday, and this on today. So, Well, just, just as a heads up for our, our listeners and our viewers, uh, we both did watch Ca- the Marvels yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will not be spoiling anything because we know that it just came out officially yesterday. Um, so I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I, I want to give people time. Let it simmer. A lot yeah. coming out. You had two, yeah. two things in one day. Yeah, so we'll be, we'll be saving that one. We got a special guest, Lacey, joining us next week to talk about that. She hasn't been on the show in a while. Uh, we tried to get her on the show earlier this year, but there was some scheduling conflicts. So I'm happy to have her back uh, to talk about the Marvels next week. So that's what you can look forward to then. Um, but in addition to Loki this week, uh, I I think you watched a little bit of Gen V finally. I finally watched a little bit of Gen V. I watched the end. Um, oh, okay. That's how I do that. Um, okay. I liked I liked what I saw. Um, okay. Um, the boys, man, that that show. The only I think the recurring joke, I guess, is like. Oh no, there's a new MacGuffin, right? That's kind of what it is. But I'm just so happy to be in that that world and re-enter that world. Yeah. So the boys uh universe is great because of of probably three characters, right? Homelander, Butcher, and Huey. Like they they make that show so mm. entertaining. And I think that was my problem I was having with this season of of 
Gen V, which was like a spinoff of the show, is it was following all these young teenage kids. It had a very CW vibe, you know, like the acting was okay. It legit actually had some actors from CW shows on it. Wasn't helping its case. Uh, but then as the story kind of progressed, I started seeing how there was a story that could definitely carry back over into the boys. And that's when I started enjoying it. And the story is there's a, a, this, at this college, there's a secret lab where they're developing a virus that can specifically target superpowered people and kill them. And as the story plays out, you find out that it's the, the person, the person that is running that operation, um, she actually lost her family in the plane that Homelander took down in like season one, I think it was. Yeah, it was season one. Yeah, yeah. She lost all of her family there and she had gained access to files that made it very clear that it was a superpowered person that that took that plane down. Um, classified documents and stuff like that. She saw the burn marks from his lasers and stuff like that. So um, so that's been her little mission that she's been on. And uh, and then it just kind of escalated. Everything escalated. And, and, and then there ended up being really cool uh, new factions of, of soups, you know, bad ones and good ones. And, and yeah, at the end of the day, there's this virus and uh, Homelander shows up saves the day in a really twisted homelander way and then in the post credits right we get it we get uh the butcher finding out about the virus i believe is that, mm -hmm. is that what yep. and so yeah so i'm excited to see where that goes um but i definitely smiled a lot more when i got homelander and butcher in the same episode um you're so. you're wearing a robocop shirt there is a new robocop game um how much have you played i've played a decent amount and i love it it's really great <laughs> is it, it's I, like a budget game technically is it not full price it was full price okay it's an excellent game it's um i like it more than spider-man 2 <laughs> oh my god have you beat spider-man 2 no okay it's I, okay. Robocop, the, the game, it's a sequel to the first movie. The second movie. It takes place. Movie. It takes place in the same in the world after the first two movies. Is the second one with the kid or is that the third one? Yeah. Second one's got a kid in it. Okay. That's that goes around selling nuke and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think the reason I like this game so much, aside from Peter Weller being the, the voice of, of Robocop, is it um on Dr. Paper, Peter on paper, it looks like a shooter, just a, like a, a like a silly, slow, slow paced shooter where you're just mm -hmm. a tank bullet sponge and you go around shooting people in the dick and you can do that. It, it is really what you can do. But what became really evident the longer I played it is it's actually a role playing game. It's an RPG with all these different uh stats that you gain access to and you can you can bump up and the stats are very equivalent to like um the kind of stats that you would have in D D. so like for example there's a psychology trait right a straight psychology stat mm -hmm. and you can you can start bumping points into that and what does it do it basically allows you to have more dialogue options uh, so it's the equivalent of a D&D charisma stat. You know what I mean? And so there's all these different ones. There's deduction, which is basically the intelligence stat. Um, and every different thing that you choose to prioritize changes how you interact with the world and how you, how you allow the citizens of New Detroit to, to perceive RoboCop. And what's really cool is like you have a lot of dialogue options. So there's a lot of talking in the game, too. It's not just shooting people all the time. So like there's a, a really fun moment in the game where the, the guy at the front desk of the police station is swamped and he asks you to open up a second line so you can take some of the citizens like complaints. Mm -hmm. And so you start listening to their complaints and then you get to decide 
how you react to those complaints. I usually just issue tickets to everybody because it's hilarious. And, um, but no, it's really funny because you get to, you basically a lot of the dialogue options let you choose if you're going to answer it with a very human response or a very machine response, you know, Mm -hmm. like, so, so you're actively deciding how human RoboCop is in the story. That's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And so once that happened, I was like, oh my God, I love this game. I didn't, I was just down for the shooting dicks. That's, that's why I got the game. That brought you in the door. Yeah, it brought me in the door, but the, the more I play, and it's it's kind of like you know like you know like Baldur's Gate three where sometimes you'll find a, a, a situation and then you're like oh I can't do that thing this way because I don't have this stat or I don't have this person in my party or whatever it's just like that like sometimes I'll find like a puzzle and it's like nope you need engineering level two to solve this puzzle I'm like well screw you fine and then I just leave and go you know so like there's lots of things in the game that make you want to replay it, to try it different mm-hmm. ways. You know what I mean? Just try, try different uh, allocations of your, of your, your skills or your talents and stuff like that. So that's cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a great game. I won't say the graphics are the best because I don't like, it's not a triple a game, right? Like it doesn't, it's definitely, it's definitely cutting corners in some places. Um, but I forgive it because I think the story that they're giving you and the, the experience of just living in that world of RoboCop is um, something we don't get very often, you know, and I, and I, I don't mean to rag on Spider-Man too, you know, like I just know that that's like the big game that's out right now. Um, uh, other than like Alan Wake two, which I think is supposed to be super good as well. Um, but I think my problem with Spider-Man two is at this point, it's funny that it's called Spider-Man two, when it's really like Spider-Man 18 or something like that. You know what I mean? Like there's been so many good Spider-Man games that like, well, yeah, we're spoiled. We're spoiled though. Right. We're spoiled because there's very few bad Spider-Man games. Um, and yeah, they keep getting better, but it becomes at a certain point, it becomes in, like tiny incremental improvements mm-hmm. over the last, but like, robocop ain't got many games you know what i mean and so like it's it's it feels like a fresher uh playground to to live in and stuff so yeah the the spider-man stuff like i'm not gonna knock it it's like the gameplay is great the story's fine like everything's everything's you know uh you know there's improvements here and there like from the previous game but like at the end of the day i don't really care about (laughs) the story that's happening because I've seen it retold a million different ways. Already. There was a Spider-Man the game section in the Empire State Building. I thought that was cool. Oh, really? Um, That's cool. There's a lot. Well, there's a lot of Spider-Man the game ads, but I guess it's still new. But uh, I guess, yeah, that talking about media that that building has been in. And there was a pretty prominent feature on that game, which, which was neat. That's cool. Yeah. I Have you beat it? No, uh, I'm going to play some after this and I'm, I'm like halfway through. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have the suit. I'm 51% through the game. I like it. I like I like what I played. I'll keep on playing. I'll, I'll finish it. That's what I'm saying. I like it. But like Robocop's my sweet mistress. It's really <laughs> it's it's great. It's great. I highly recommend it. If you're if you're ever down to just like walk around like that's the crazy thing like when you go into like a city you don't get like you don't get access to like are you telling me to go walk around detroit but you literally just walk (laughs) you walk like you you cannot run with robocop you literally just go one step at a time walking around finding crimes and either shooting them or issuing tickets or arresting them and stuff like that that's the other thing you can do you can actually like build a case against somebody by collecting evidence and like and and finding the right people to talk to you, it was witnesses and stuff. And then once you've built that case, you go and you present it to the person, and you're like, "Yo, I'm arresting you, and here's why." And it's it's really fun. It's got a little, it's a little bit of a like Phoenix Wright kind of experience, you know, like if you've ever played those games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right on. Yeah. yeah. Well, we took two weeks off. We had a. 
uh, we took a week off and had a week of RoboCop and traveling. But what do you say we get into some news? I could sure. not think of a segue for yeah, to get yeah. out of RoboCop. I, I was going to say it wasn't your best segue, but it wasn't your worst either. So no. that's fine. Let's kick it off with the big one. This came out yesterday. Uh, Marvel Studios. Uh, actually, well, the strike has ended. Let's start there. And because of that, everything is getting reshifted, refocused, because you can now do things. Oh, the actor, the actor strike. Yeah. Actor strike has, had, yeah. has ended. Um, so as the dust clears, there is only going to be one MCU movie next year. Deadpool. And Deadpool. That's wild. Granted, I, there there are going to be uh, three Sony movies next year. Sony Marvel movies. Craven. But in but in fairness, like I I I mean, I called this like I said like I said like the the drought will not happen until next year. Like, and yes. it's not it's not Marvel's fault. It's I mean, it is. It's everybody's fault who, who wouldn't just come to the table earlier. But you know, like this strike was important to them, and and you know they had to do it. And I I, I totally. I, I'll always sympathize with with everybody that's striking. You know, like I know, I know technically us being on this, doing this show week to week, talking about the stuff that these big studios are producing, is not the best way to support you know the talent and stuff like that. But at the same time, you know, we love the content, and 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 so yeah, it's sad. It's sad that next year we're not going to get a lot of, of MCU movies. But you know what? We're not going to get a lot of quality anything. Period. Well, let me you know? let me read the list. We got Deadpool next year uh, in the middle of July, so during Comic Con, mm-hmm. and that'll be fun. And then in 2025, we got Captain America in in uh, February. The Thunderbolts is going in July. Okay. And Blade is going to November. Oh um, boy, that's far. Fast or fast, fast, fast. Fast and Furious, uh, Fantastic Four is also still slated to come out in 2025, but uh, any news of that has been uh, kind of absent. Well, that means everything's got to be put on the back of poor Deadpool. You got to launch an entire X-Men franchise right there off of Deadpool. I mean, how, how many X-Men do you think are in Deadpool and will be in Deadpool? A lot. Fair enough. A, a lot. I think a lot will be in Deadpool and it'll it'll it's going to be a celebration of the Fox universe. I think I think you're going to get people from the X-Men movie. You're going to get people from Daredevil. You're going to get you might even get Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider for all we know. You know, like that's a, that's a Sony movie. Wait, was it Sony or was it Fox? Uh, I feel like that was Sony. That was Sony. That yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Uh, well, we got a trailer while we were gone of uh, Echo. Echo is coming out uh, January 10th. All episodes are going to be coming out. All five episodes are coming out at once. Um, it's going to be under a Marvel Spotlight moniker, which is uh, they announced is going to be given to, to uh, shows or series that don't have a direct tie into the big picture of the MCU, so kind of more three level stories okay okay did you watch this trailer i did not actually i have not, i have i have not watched the trailer um it's very it is ma um it is an adult show there is blood and violence there's a kingpin in there there's a daredevil in that show yeah i figured i figured all of those things were in there so um i i will watch the trailer but like i i don't know i'm not i'm not in a rush like i'm 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 I've I feel like sometimes the trailers just get me excited for something I can't have soon, and so I mean that's January tenth. That's two months from now. That's soon. Yeah, I don't know. Then I'll I'll wait a little longer, and then I'll watch it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. It, it just I have a very the the problem I have with Echo is I have a very specific 
story of Echo that's burned into my head from the comics. Mm -hmm. And it's it's just it's one of the greatest comics I've ever read. And that's the problem I have is it's like the bar is really high for Echo for in my in my in my in my mind. Is that the which one is it? It's David. It's her introduction story. It's it's um it's it's uh it's a story arc in Daredevil uh and it's drawn by David Mack or illustrated by David Mack. It's it's paintings. It's all watercolor. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. And and yeah, they just did a really great job, uh, David Mack and Brian Michael Bendis, of creating a, a comic told through the eyes of of a deaf person. And so, like, it's it's a really beautiful piece of art, and I don't know how it'll translate to TV. Um, so I'm a little skeptical. I mean, you, you got the double dip on the representation in this one, so you got a lot going I'm, on. I'm not mad about the representation. Don't get me wrong. That's oh, that's cool. I just don't know if the show can be <laughs> what I want it to be. So Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Before we continue, I forgot to mention, I did, I was on a plane with Kevin Smith. <laughs> That I did not. I realized after the fact, um, because that man has lost a lot of weight. He is looking good now. Um, so from the front, I thought it was him, and then once I looked from the back, I'm like, oh, he has a backwards hat. That has to be him. <laughs> and it wasn't. And you didn't talk to him. No, it was like it's like midnight. I'm on the back. I'm literally at the back of the plane, and he's at the front of the plane. He was high. He would have been down to clown. All right. I mean, he, he, he was high. He so in first class, there's like the doubles and the singles. He was in the singles. So I don't know if I was invited to that. You never know until you try. Well, I'll try. Never I'll try know. next time. Yeah, you should have just led with like, I'm so glad you fit in the seats, bro. <laughs> well, I hope this will fit in your hearts. We get our first look at Dogpool, uh, the newest character of the one of the Deadpool core uh, for the untitled Deadpool movie coming out next year. Yep. I saw Ugly this dog. one today. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a, I can't wait to see the toys for this dog. <laughs> I want, I want to see the plush doll. Is this your build, build a figure? Oh God, it's better not be a build a figure, but it is, it is amazing. I love, I love this dog. It is an incredibly ugly, adorable dog. It's, it's cool. Um, yeah, no, I, I, man, I, I mean, I've been getting a nice solid dose of Ryan Reynolds, uh, lately. Cause I, I watch welcome to Wrexham mm -hmm. and, um, and I just really enjoy everything that guy does. Um, and, and it's, what's fun is like knowing like how proficient he is as a businessman and, and to the point where like the guy's a billionaire, yeah. he's a straight up billionaire. So for when he makes a Deadpool movie, he's doing that out of love because I promise you he doesn't need that money. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, and that just warms my heart every time he shares a tiny tidbit because he knows exactly who he's targeting when he sends these, these posts out there. You know what I mean? And like, so I just, it's, it's just everything that he ever tweets about this movie is just pure joy for me. Like, this is the movie I'm excited for. So I'm very happy. If we're only going to get one MCU movie next year, I want this one. This is the one I want. So I'm excited. Last one. Not last bit of news. Uh, Mar Insomniac doing their uh, victory lap after Spider-Man 2. The game launches, and a game is just continually to print money. Um, spoilers, there will be another Spider-Man game coming out. Uh, but they basically confirm that miles is the mainline spider-man in that world uh yeah at least till the end of that game <laughs> way to way to spoil it that mean that means my theory is true and peter's gonna die at the end of the current game that i'm playing that doesn't mean that does it it probably means that mm. it probably i've means. i haven't been in i have not looked at spoilers for this game so good for you I just assumed Peter was going to die. So um, just because let's be honest, Peter sucks in that game compared to Miles. I don't like the new Peter face. Oh, I hate the face. You know what pisses me off the most about the face <laughs> Like, is 
is as I started looking at more of the voice actors, like mm-hmm. they all look like their characters, except for Peter. Every single actor in the in the game had their likeness scanned and used as for the character model, including Peter, until they patched him out to have this different face. Peter's the worst face in the whole game, dude. But everybody, like Miles, that's a spitting image of the actor, dude. It's pretty crazy. Like Black Cat, spitting image. Aunt May, spitting image. All of them. It's really nuts, like how 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 much mm-hmm. they all look like they're actors. And yet they just gave Peter this face that's like some weird hybridization of like their previous face and Tom Holland. But yeah. I don't I don't like it. It's gross. It's a gross face. I don't I don't like the faces that much in that game, but I I do at least appreciate that everybody else looks like their actor. Well, so, as we, so as we round out round kill out him. the news, how do you like this face? Who what toy am I looking at right now? <laughs> you didn't even know what it was. That's awesome. Leandra? Lalandra. Lalandra. Lalandra Nermani of the oh, Okay of the Shi'ar empire. She is the queen or empress or whatever you want to call it. Um, they're like bird people. Um, they're X-Men. Yes, they are. They are. Um, they are a crucial part of the dark Phoenix storyline or this, the Phoenix storyline. Yeah. Um, if you're not familiar, yeah, eventually, um, the X-Men go into outer space uh, because Professor X gets like a call from a, a telepathic call from, I think, this person or something like that. And they go out into space and, and they encounter this thing that this empire has been protecting forever called the Mkron Crystal. And you learn that the Mkron is actually a prison for the Phoenix Force. Um, and so the it, Professor X ends up falling in love with Lilandra and they have like a it's even in the cartoons. It's really cool. They even have like the whole like star-crossed lovers kind of experience going on and stuff. But um, yeah, the Shi'ar are a really important part of a of a really uh, classic X-Men story. And Marvel Legends collectors have been it's been pretty barren on the Shi'ar until well, this last she, year. She They've came been adding in a, lot. a mystique fill figure. So a a version of this head previously was released uh, as a Walgreens exclusive uh, accessory on on the on the Mystique figure, and it's cool. But like, I get tired of them throwing random heads at us and expecting us to like kit bash our own figures. So like, the good thing about the old head is it it's a nice color match for the old Silver Sable toy that came out back then. So a lot of people just make a Lalandra toy out of Silver Sable, but it's nice to see that they're actually making the the, the figure. Um, yeah, and I, I want to see more. I think so far we've gotten like maybe four or five characters from that storyline. Like we've gotten two Star Jammers, and then um, we've gotten like one of her, or two of her Royal Guard. Um, so yeah, we've got like five Wait, characters. She rolls with. Um... Gladiator and and like a bunch well, who are of the Star other... Jammers are they? The Star Jammers are the people, the the space pirates that the X Men meet along this journey. Okay, and they're that's r- Crosshair, Corsair. Corsair is Cyclops's dad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but they're like fugitives and stuff, you know. So it's like it's kind of like you know Han Solo and and then and then the Shi'ar are like. Lalandra's 80s X-Men or 90s X-Men? I want to say 80s. Okay, because that sounds weird. It's very 80s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this is the one figure like the, the team at Hasbro said they're going to take a break in November from revealing toys. And then they're like, oops, we forgot about this one. Um, it'll come at some point next year, probably in another X-Men wave. And people will gobble it up because it's awesome. And and people have a lot of nostalgia. So I say 80s, but like it was a big event in the cartoon too. Like mm-hmm. it, I think it was a five part episode or a five episode story. Oh, wow. Which, which, yeah, like they, like every week we'd turn in, tune in and be like, to be continued. And we're like, what? This is forever. This is like 
you know, so it was like a big event in the cartoons too. So for a lot of nineties kids that, that toy hits the sweet spot as well. Yeah. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, that was your news. Are you ready to dip into Loki? Wait, before you do Loki, did you even watch Invincible? No. No. All right. That premiered last Friday, right? Last Friday, I think. And then the new episode was today. Um, I, I've watched Is it good? It's good. It's not as good as last season so far. I'm unfamiliar with the story past it. Like, I mean, like I was, very, I was somewhat, somewhat familiar with the premise of like the first season or like, I guess uh, the first run of books. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm unfamiliar with the books period. So like I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the twists of the first uh, season. Um, the second season is kind of just more of the same, but with Sterling K Brown. Okay. That's not bad. I, I like Sterling K. Brown. Is it weird that like I just like you know on just absorbing media, um, seeing like common I don't say common people, but people who are not into comics talk about Invincible, and not I'm not a big Invincible fan, but I've been very aware of its presence for a decade now, just given the space and Comic Con. You know what I mean? And it well, was always I, like a niche booth at Comic Con. I think I think the thing about it though is like, and I think what what uh, is a testament to uh, Evan Gold, Goldberg and Seth Rogen when when they choose an, a property to to translate onto into TV, um, they're really good about making them really accessible. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably why people like Invincible because even though comic fans can watch it and be like, wow you ripped off of all of these things. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, uh, casual fans who don't, who don't really read a lot of comics. They just see a lot of like the best ideas all implemented together. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, so it's a, it's a cherry picking thing happening here and being repackaged as, as a brand new story. And it's a very, it's a well-told story. And so I think, for anybody who's ever intimidated by the rich history of like Superman or Spider-Man or whatever, like that's, what's cool about invincible, right? Is it start? Yeah. You can just, you can get right in. And so Mm. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Just like the boys, the boys too. You know what I mean? Like the, the boys is easier to, to, to jump in and, and just, and you get a more current version of the story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, whereas like, like even in 2000, uh, 2001 Spider-Man, Sam Raimi was, he wasn't telling modern Spider-Man. He was trying to tell the Spider-Man that he grew up with in the, in the sixties, you know what I mean? And like, so it just feels a little dated in certain ways and stuff like that. So, um, I, and invincible being dated is not horrible because it's like, Whoa, it's like 20 years old or something like that. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not that bad, you know? So. But anyways, I just wanted to ask before we moved on. But we can do Loki now if you want. Let's go right. for it. Quote of the day, not that bad. <laughs> Loki episode five and six. The finale, right. the ending of this story as told by the creators. Um Oh, the creators have confirmed. They've confirmed. They said they did not. They always planned it as a two-season thing. They they didn't shut the door on on season three, but they said all but all but that. Like it was never. It was always going to be two two seasons. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah. So, if I may, I would love as much as possible to just gloss over last week's episode. Okay. I well, I did not like last week's episode. I really by 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 the end of last week's episode, I was like, Jesus Christ, when is this show gonna matter? When is it gonna do anything meaningful? Because not only did the fourth episode end with all of them dying, but the fifth episode's like, nah, psych, nobody died. And I was like, oh my god, guys, I don't 
I don't. It is I, a bit. It is a bit reductive. Yeah, like it, or, or redundant. Redundant. What I said was reductive. Okay. <clears throat> what I said is reductive of the show. I mean, there's more nuance to what to it to it than what I said. But at the end of the day, I was watching something that was just beating a dead horse. Really, it was just. It was just completely. Oh look, now it's time looping, and I'm like, yeah, I got it. That that was really obvious a long time ago. I didn't. I mean, I I I took it more as he he learned he learned a new power. I mean, that's all it really is. He he learns how to control his slipping, and the the beats of that story just service that new skill. But. So, okay, we won't we won't talk about five. Okay, so yeah, well, I mean, unless you have anything you want to say about five, if there's anything else you want to say about it, nothing I want to say about five, but I do, I do view these as one, like as this. I'm starting to view the season as one, as opposed to episodes, because it is a, I think, a much better story that way. You know what I mean? Like you're not well, I mean, when you chop it up, it's not. I mean, sure. Like every story is complete once you get to the end of it. Yes, uh, I'm not. I'm not knocking that. But what I'm saying, I think, what I'm trying to say, uh, before we can move on to the, You're stuck the, on the five. The, no, before we can fully move on to the beauty of 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 episode six, is I think in order to serve episode six, it did not need five episodes before it. I think I will agree with that. I think you think it needs episode it. five. I think it needs elements from episode five. I think it needs elements from episodes one, two, three, and four. But I think all of those elements could have been condensed into. I mean, one you want to get really? You probably could have cut out the first episode. You could have cut out a lot. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna I will a hundred percent agree with you that this did not need to be six episodes but as we talk about six i think that's kind of cool that they did make it six episodes i think it's i don't think it's cool that they made it six episodes (laughs) i do think that the six the sixth episode of the season rewarded you for the entire show and i think not only did it save this whole damn season I think it totally redeemed the season finale of the last season and even made the made some of the earlier moments in the first season more impactful because totally well let's yeah. let's get let's get what are what are the break down the beats for for the finale for for me what what's so Loki is stuck in a cycle at the end of the last episode where he keeps ending up back at the moment where they're trying to send Victor Timely out to fix the loom and mm-hmm. and and Loki can't figure out what to do so he starts using his time slipping ability to spend a century learning physics it's like the um, movie uh, Palm Springs <laughs> it is like the movie Palm Springs or if you're old enough to know it's like Groundhog Day he he groundhogs his days his uh his situation yeah. like the nth degree but I will say this because I do I am a sucker for a Groundhog Day story I am especially if it's done well and I think this is a Groundhog Day story on crack because it the man spends centuries learning so much not just about physics but about uh what he's able to do with his time powers what what the his purpose in this universe uh and 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 how he who remains and everything else fits into this universe like he learned he becomes an all-knowing god basically by the end of the story and i think that is a really cool arc that was incredibly glossed over. <laughs> um, but it's still cool. It's still cool. Don't get me wrong. Uh, so, yeah, he learns all this physics stuff. And then eventually, after a billion trial and errors, it comes. they come to the conclusion that they can't 
fix the loom the way they want to. He needs to go back further. Because what what they what he learns is the yeah, the loom will always break uh you know from their perception of breaking. Uh and the only way to fix the problem is to go back to the moment where Sylvie started the branching timelines in the first place by killing he who remains, right? So then they, he goes there and spends a while trying to stop Sylvie. And she keeps saying, the only way you'll stop me is if you kill me or whatever, you know, like that. And it's, it's, it's really comical. Like how many different times you hear he who remains get gutted. Like he just gets like, he just gets <laughs> and every time he says, I'll see you soon, you know? And it's only after like so many repetitions of this, that Loki kind of looks at the guy right before he dies and he says, why do you never try to stop her? And when he remains near that, he presses pause and he's like, okay, I'm starting to think this isn't the first time we've had this conversation. And you get into a really cool conversation and then it turns out that like, you know, even all of this was predetermined by he who remains, right? And so mm -hmm. he's really making the argument that he played only... 4D chess yeah, with exactly. the whole thing. He's making the argument that the only way to fix this is is to kill Sylvie because the loom will always break and quotes around break because the loom's function is to kill all other timelines that are not the sacred, sacred timeline, time. mm -hmm. right? And so that's just by design. So no matter how much tampering they do, it's never gonna it's never gonna stop doing its intended design. Um, so Loki, and, and like the consequence of breaking the loom is they will be they will re release you know all the Kang variants upon the multiverse and. The, the crazy war will ensue and all universes will be destroyed again, right? It's either let that happen or kill Sylvie. And, you know, it's really beautiful because they almost they almost make you believe that he's going to do it, that he's going to kill Sylvie. And, and it's, and it's you got to remember, it's not, it's not just killing Sylvie. It's like killing yourself, him, right? himself in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. And so, you know, he goes back and has a nice conversation with uh, Mobius at the very first time they met. Right. And he's it's the interrogation room. And he yeah, he's it's basically Loki's just jumping through all the, the best moments of the entire show <laughs> and and changing the nature of the conversations. Right. So instead of having that cute banter that they had back then in the first interrogation. Loki kind of interrupts him and he's like, look, I know what you're going to do. You're going to do this, this, and this. Uh, and, but like, I need to know, like, how do you, how do you be okay with deciding who gets to die and, and not, you know? And, 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 and Mobius has this really heartfelt story that he tells him about, uh, you know, his own experience at one point in his life where he was sent to prune a variant that would be responsible for the death of like 5,000 people. And when he gets there, he can't do it because that variant is just an innocent eight-year-old kid. And he hesitates. And because of his hesitation, uh, tons of timelines start branching and uh, people end up dying because of it. And it's Ravona that steps in and murders this kid or prunes, whatever, whatever's the sanitary word that you need to use to justify it. Right. And so that's, that's what, you know, like he, he basically says, you've got to, you've got to keep your eye on the prize sometimes. Like you, you gotta, you can't, you can't lose focus of the big picture. Like sometimes it has to happen. And then he, he, then he finally just goes and, visits Sylvie one last time and that's when you know he tells her basically hey this is the score and she's like yeah you got to kill me right and she's like mm -hmm. well you don't have my endorsement you know like you don't have my <laughs> I'm, I, you don't have my blessing I'm not gonna bless you know but but she understands that you know she's lived through countless apocalypses and the thing that she realizes is that 
sometimes you have to destroy things. And he realizes like in that moment that it's okay to destroy something as long as you have something to put in place after it's destroyed. And that's when he gets his brilliant idea and he goes and he becomes the time God and he stops Victor from going out into the, into the loom. And instead he does it and he destroys the loom and grabs all the branches in this really beautiful, like CG sequence and takes them into, or like he carries all the branches of the timelines through a rift and uh, to the, to the end of time mm -hmm. sits on the throne and, and is bound there forever alone on the throne protecting the multiverse right is he protecting the multiverse or the sacred timeline no because the sacred timeline would have just been one branch oh, okay he's, yeah, yeah he's protecting he's he's protecting as many branches as he, he was he was able to grab mm -hmm. and and the camera then pulls back really far and shifts and you you see that he's formed a new tree the new tree of life the uh, the yggdrasil from the norse mythology and um it's really cool it's it's a it's a beautiful thing that kind of has a lot of roots in in his story in in norse mythology um and where loki's punishment in yeah for for his mischief in the comics or i mean sorry in the comics in the norse tales is uh he's chained in, in in a cave like under the roots of a cliff um uh, to forever just sit there uh bound uh, he's actually bound by like the metal intestines of his child um it's really gross uh, like the north stuff's all <laughs> way grosser but so this is like the marvelization of you know the Norse well, tale it... which is he stays there until ragnarok until the end of times so basically he's potentially, you know, this could be the end of his story as far as we're concerned, or it could be where they sit him on ice until he, he escapes and, and, and does more like in this, in the North. Well, Spiral. it was cool. Cause he finally gets like a throne, right? That's a big part of, of Lokiism. Um, he, he's always vying for that, but I, but you know what? He's also not vying for it he's he's always been afraid to be alone yes and now and now he's eternally alone but yeah. i think the purpose of the last two episodes for me that really make this hit home is in a way it's loki trying to get out of his situation by i don't say by by cheating but that's by, by, by mischief and trickery yeah. and and technicality and that's very loki that's a loki ass thing to do and i mean you could argue that's the whole show though that's been the whole show sure that's been it, the trajectory since the beginning of the, the first season yeah. they, they fast forward it in this episode uh centuries later or is a, a century later and yeah, at least a century later but at least you know you see him come to terms with like oh man i have to do this thing like it's this is my my glory. What is glorious purpose, right? Like, yeah, but that's that's what Mobius tells him is sometimes it's your purpose is more burden than glory, you know. But it's but you can't you can't try and escape it just because it's a burden, um, and that's that's the lesson he learns from that, right? Is so. Uh, I did think it was interesting that the and the title of the episode was glorious purpose, which was also the title of the first episode of the show. Um, so it did kind of an Ouroboros thing, right? Where it's eating its its own tail. Uh, the, the, the end of the show is the beginning again of, of something. There was, yeah. um, there was a little nugget in there when, uh, uh Mo Morbius is talking about Ravona and how Mo Mobius, Mobius, <laughs> Morbius. Yeah. Mobius is talking about the, the kid with the Ravona or saving the kid from Ravona or vice versa. And he makes a comment that Ravona she specifically chose not to prune Loki. 
Do you think there's some kanginess, timey wimey, more stuff going on with her? Well, I mean, he remains did tell Loki he's 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 his favorite. You know, like he's mm-hmm. he's he's his favorite one. You know, but of course, in that moment, he was like, when of the two of you, you're my favorite. You know, when he was talking about Loki and Sylvie. But I kind of feel like, you know, if 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 he who remains plotted the the course the trajectory of everybody's lives in the sacred timeline uh and it culminates in loki and sylvie arriving there to murder him um then i think i think he handpicked loki for a reason right like he Mm -hmm. he picked he wanted loki to be there at the end of time and so i would not be surprised if even if ravona doesn't know why she protected Loki that it could be, you know, subliminally planted in her somehow. Um, yeah. I also do like that Ravona got it in the end and you can see like, she's about to, she just got greeted at the end by Elias. I mean, you um, don't know. She could, there could she be a could, gang on, on the other side of that. Well, that was definitely Elias. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely a sound. Yes. But yes. I don't know for sure, but I would, I, in my head, I would like to believe Eliath ate the crap out of her. Okay. Cause that's, I like Eliath. I think it's a cool thing and he's got a great snap card. Um, so <laughs> uh, it's like one of the most broken snap cards in the game right now. It really is. Do you, do you, have you used I have not used the Eliath card though. It's kills everything that is played on that, on that location on one oh, turn. That's what he does. He does. He just, he just destroys it. It's, it's vicious. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I loved, uh, the little, the little epilogue that we all, we got with every, all the characters. I Mm -hmm. so, so here's the thing. Like I, I cannot sing the praises enough of this episode because it really like here, if you, if we rewind back to last year and we were making our predictions, right? Like I had really like probably in my mind two things that i i wanted to see happen at at a minimum um i i didn't need for loki to be like the awesome god of time that becomes the 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 person the 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 being holding down the multiverse forever i didn't need i didn't need that so for me that's like icing on the cake because it was a really it was beautiful imagery right it was really cool looking and he got the cool horns and everything like cool cool stuff i didn't need that what i needed first and foremost was mobius going to a life with a jet ski and we got that there is a jet ski in the last in the last shot it's not in the water it's in the frame he owns a jet ski he's just there seeing he's seeing his life you know that he can Mm. that he as a variant for me that's enough that's enough that, that mobius got to go and 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 see what life is like because because why protect it if you never get to see it you know if you never get to enjoy it so i i appreciate that he decided to leave the tva to go live that life the implication being he will go out on the on the water on a jet ski at some point he's gonna that's- murder his variant <laughs> Well, if you remember correctly, like it was moments later that Mo- Loki shows up, takes the variant, and says, "I'll put you back right, right with, at this moment." So technically, he wouldn't necessarily even have to leave. He wouldn't have to murder him, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But whatever, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, and then the second other thing, I think, um, I think Sylvie was this really tragic character through the whole story that you know she's she's like a force of nature right like she's kind of she's almost like a red herring though like she is a red herring but i i felt i always felt really bad for her because you know they want you to make her they tried in the first season to kind of make her out to be this villain until you got to learn more about her and her life sucked right her life sucked so bad because she's a variant that's not supposed to exist so what she's been doing for her whole life is hiding in apocalypses. So she's been living all the worst lives of ever uh, in history. You know what I mean? 
And so I really appreciate that this tragic character made it out of this experience alive, you know, like that she gets, she gets mm -hmm. to go and have a normal life, potentially a, a peaceful life, or maybe she shows up in Avengers five, you know, who knows? Like, I, I don't, I don't know oh, what they're she all, does. they're all showing up. At Avengers I know, 5. but like, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I think those were my two criteria for this show to, to, to satisfy me. And I think it did. It went above and beyond that. Um, you know, I'll stop griping about the length of the show and, and just be happy because, you know, sometimes... well, it's a complete, it's a very complete meal. It yeah. doesn't really feed into more stuff. You know, it will, and they all do, but it's not, they, they all do. Yes. This, yeah. But you know, you know what I mean? It's not it in a little teaser for next week. It's, it's very similar to how I felt the Marvels was up until third point, but like, it is a very, there's a beginning, middle, and end, you know, and they closed the book. And they did that with this, and I can appreciate that a lot. Yeah, I liked the beginning of Loki, and I love the end. I don't, I'm not a fan of the middle. I, I'm not. But I will say this episode did make me more of a fan of that controversial season finale uh, from last season. Because... It added new context to mm -hmm. see you soon, right? So like that see you soon was was literal. He literally meant that. Like he he meant that for Loki that he'll see you many times over and over again. Did um, uh, you like Jonathan Majors in this episode? Yeah, I loved him in this episode. I I think um, he seems like a really cool guy. I'd like to hang out with him. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I think I think. He, have, he was really good. He I was, have never, I have never once said anything bad about any of the acting on the show called Loki. Like the, the, the acting is always your presidential been answer. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I've been saying all no, season yeah. long, the acting's great, set design's great, audio, and oh, and I do have a fun trivia or a, a meta trivia question for you. Um, my, my wife and I were kind of deciding because like the, the, I think that remix of the song at the end of this season, this episode was just so good. And just like, and we were just talking about how much of a banger the theme song for Loki is. And then we started debating what slaps more Loki's theme song or only murders in the building. I went to that building on my trip to New York. Nice. Um, the specifically the theme song. Yes, Loki. I hate it does, the theme song right? for only murders. Yeah, and you've never seen White Lotus, right? No. Okay, because we were trying I, to decide. We does, were trying to decide between White Lotus and Loki. Does Loki beat the Pickwit triplets? I don't know. Oh my! Oh my God! By the way, if we're if we're done talking about Loki, which <laughs> highly recommend highly recommend the the like just play video games while you're watching the the the, the back half of the second season. it is one of the better pieces of marvel content to come out this it, year it absolutely one of the best but pieces of marvel content if you haven't watched well i think the show will go do uh really well if you watch the first season straight through the second season i think it'll do amazingly well if you watch if you binge all two uh, all two, uh, both seasons together mm -hmm. it's it's way better way better because like i think that problem is the 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 time in between that we had to wait was so long that like i was like okay why do i care about this again remind me you know like and and it wasn't doing a good job of reminding me and stuff like that but the reason i'm just the reason i i, I was trying to steer away from that is like I did want to just completely go on on a tangent. I we did finish only murders in a building this week. You like and, it? And oh my god, the songs that Steve Martin and Martin Short got to sing. Holy crap! Like that was amazing. And it and Meryl like, Street, and like Meryl that Street was like too. in their writer. Like we have to do songs. <laughs> like point. I mean, they are two of the most talented like comedic actors of their time. And they just proved that they're two of the most talented comedic actors of this time, too. You know what I mean? So, like, um, well, it's I, neat I was... that they're finding 
they're, I don't say staying relevant, but they're <laughs> they're their comedy through the ages, right, has adapted really well. You know, they they know where yes. they know their strengths. Yeah, they know their, I mean, their type of presence now. You know, they're not young. Yeah, and it's it's A- fun. Adaptation is the key to survival, and that's like, I and think if, there's going to be a season four. And I think, and, and and if we had to tie it back to Loki. I think that's why I liked um, Sylvie so much is because she is the product of infinite adaptations, right? Like that's like, she is, she like, she like survived a billion holocausts, right? Like, and then, and then, and then still somehow and found, she right. and she came out all right, but she still, she still wanted to just go have a job at McDonald's, right? Like I will, I will say this. I am bummed season two i know why there a lot of the same characters came in because it's a cyclical story but there are not a lot of aliens in the tva there was one in the first episode there was alien they did a whole alien episode man they don't care about alien i mean they were i think they were just going to they were focusing more on the the story itself are but in fairness there were two aliens in every episode of loki sylvie and loki well are is there is there this is like way off tangent now in marvel comics is there some type of bc racism where if you look humanoid you're cool because that's what it really is if you look like a human you're getting saved If if you don't I, I I'm gonna say of course that exists in everything, right? Like that's decree. I mean, obvious, obviously the scrolls get get the, the shit end <laughs> of the stick for looking the way they do, which is why they go around shape shifting, right? Um so yeah, it's I, I think that's I think that's a you're not making a wild leap here to assume that people who look a certain way are more looked upon favorably. So uh but we can talk more about that when we talk about the Marvels next week because there's a lot of aliens in that one, right? A lot, a lot of, of aliens human, in that one. Human-looking aliens, too. A lot of human-looking aliens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm done. I'm done with this Loki talk. I think uh, way I'm to go, guys. I'm happy that you spun around. And, I'm, you know, it makes me happy to see you happy. I was pretty I was pretty bitter for five weeks, man. And so I was and very happy. And they showed you the light. I was very happy that we just skipped talking about it last week because i think my i was at the all-time apex of being pissed off at a marvel property (laughs) like by the end of last week i was like oh my god why and then this week uh yeah Lindsay was saying like when when i started watching it this morning she was like you know i really i don't i don't envy you for watching the show like it's it's a dreadful experience like every time and I'm like, I know, right? Like, it's rough. And then we were watching. She only got to watch 15 minutes and she had to go to work. And when she got back home, I was like, you you got you got to watch it. <laughs> like, I was like, you got you got to watch it. And she watched it. And yeah, man, she the per- person who was telling me how much of a dreadful experience it was, was like, that was really good. And so fuck man just do that they but got all, you you're back on the do, train baby do that but consistently instead of dicking us around like you know what it kind of reminds me of wandavision where it's like what what are we doing what is this i never you know? i didn't put two together but with the matt shackman um he he wrote wandavision or wrote and directed some of wandavision and he's doing the fantastic four yes um he did some press today or not today this week talking about the Mephisto thing and how it was never in that show, but he was fascinated how people started connecting a Mephisto. <laughs> I cannot. I mean, I'm more angry to know that he didn't even see that, like that he didn't even consider that because Mephisto is a very big part of that world. And so, okay, whatever. Now you're just upsetting me more. <laughs> okay, like, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I at least appreciate that Loki decided to like, you know what? We're going to, we're going to go back to that Norse mythology a little bit. And we're just going to, we're going to, we're going to put it in a place 
where people can't even be mad at it. Like what my wife was like, but where's the snake dripping poison into his eyes forever? And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe we don't need to do that. Okay. Maybe we could just let him have the win, right? Let Loki have the win. So yeah, like I said, in the, in the Norse mythology, it's a punishment, not so much an act of sacrifice that he's making. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, So it's, so it's the Marvel version, right? Where he gets to be, he gets to be the master of his own fate. And I think that's a really cool thing for Loki to sacri- to make the sacrifice he does to be alone for the well, sake that of line allowing- has, like your only purpose is to make others great or something like that. I don't remember. He has a line along those contexts uh, in the first season when he's showing people or showing Loki his like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, or yes. Yeah, something like that. But I mean, it. It's true. It's it has what it ended up being. It is true, right? But but I think the cool part about it is from now on, uh, love it or hate it, every good Marvel story or every bad Marvel story that we ever watch from now on, we can just say thanks, Loki, like because it's all his fault now from here on out. <laughs> uh, hopefully, there's more wins than than fails. But uh, I know. No, I'm not going to spoil that. We'll talk about the Marvels next week. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. With with that, true believers, it's been a fun show. Enough said. <laughs>